Hello, I'm Amy from Vienna and I'm a Thronesy. I'm Tamara, I'm from Minnesota and I'm a Potterhead. I'm Zoe, I'm from France and I'm a Thronecoat. I'm Carla from Melbourne and I'm a Murderino. I'm AJ, I live in Wasaga Beach, Canada and I am part of the Supernatural family. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. And this is the Fandom Based Life Podcast. A podcast that explores and celebrates fandoms and the communities and friendships they create. Friendships in which we can gaze upon each other with our own eyes. We are, for the first time, in the same room as each other whilst doing this, which is really fucking weird. It and is weird. the audio quality is probably going to be shit because of it. Yeah. So we've had quite a week. Um... <laughs> We're very tired. We have been around London and Barcelona for the last week, seeing all the sights. All uh, the sights. Taking in the fandom-based life. All the life. So when was the last time we saw each other? Uh, what did we come up with? 2015? Definitely October 2015. 2015, yep. For my birthday, um, I was uh, sitting at home. My sister was over, and Allison had said that she was putting a birthday video together for me for my birthday and uh she sent it to me and we had to wait until Peter got home he had to run out and run a couple errands and when he came home he was going to um record my reaction to watching Allison's video that she made me <clears throat> and it was such a great video it had all of our fandom based friends from around the world all sent in clips wishing me happy birthday and there were Beatles songs being sung <laughs> And uh, at the very end, it cut to my girl, Allison, uh, saying happy birthday, and she wished that she could be with me, but unfortunately it wasn't possible. And then she paused for a moment and said, or is it? And then she stood up and walked off the shot, walked out of the shot, and I looked up, and in real life she was coming through the doorway into my living room, and I burst out into ugly tears and ugly cried. She cried a lot. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> her husband was meant to video this reaction so we could uh, share it with all of the friends that had contributed, but um, he did not press record. So much was happening, so many emotions, and such a build-up, I think he just couldn't even... He got overwhelmed. He did. So, that was the last time we saw each other, and what did we do? It feels like I'm interviewing you. So when we were there, um, unfortunately... Uh, we both were very sick, so it wasn't ideal, um, but we managed to, to uh, read some fan fiction together. Sarah showed me that you can turn your speech feature on in your phone and actually have a weird, robotic, disembodied voice read you fan fiction. Um, so we we had this like strange robotic voice read us fan fictions and we sat together under blankets and like swooned together um which was hilarious and very fun yeah we read some good hiddle fic a really good eddie vetter fic we found an amazing uh foo fighters dave Grohl fic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah so there was a lot of fan fiction based things and we went into boston we went to cheers um and you know despite being sick we just had a lot of fun spending time together in real life. In real life. But uh, that, <laughs> that was, was a long time ago. That was almost three years ago. Yeah. So um, as some of you may have seen or heard, either on the podcast or seen the video on our social media, Sarah's husband pulled out the stops again this year for a surprise. 
So he contacted me, I think it was in November, and said he had an idea and he wanted to surprise Sarah for Christmas. Um, and he wanted to buy her a ticket to London. And he asked me if that would be all right, which of course I said, uh, yes, it would be. I think <laughs> I it guess. would be okay. I guess we could do that. Um, so we plotted and planned. And as you have probably heard in the episode before this one, the little tiny mini clip, um, the way we revealed it to her was by, um, was through this podcast. So um, I got Peter to record a little something and I edited together a little surprise clip. And obviously, um, I think it was Christmas Eve we did it. So yes. I uploaded it. And uh, obviously Sarah had no clue that we hadn't done an episode. So Peter had said, oh, like, did you guys did you guys do a new Fandom Based Life episode? And she was like, uh, what the hell? No. Um, and so she listened to it and Peter filmed it properly this time. Actually captured the <laughs> he moment. Did capture it. So you can find that on our Facebook, facebook.com slash Fandom Based Life. Uh, you can see her burst into ugly tears yet again. So many ugly emotions. It's great. Happening. That's my favorite thing to do is just make Sarah cry. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so she found out on Christmas Eve that she was coming here and we've been waiting all this time. And finally on the 24th of March, she landed in London for her, her first time in London and I bonus surprised her. You can also find that <laughs> reaction video on Facebook by no uh, crying, no crying, just incredulity. <laughs> um, but yes, we, uh, I surprised her the day before and said, Oh, by the way, we're going to Barcelona tomorrow. So we jetted off to Spain for a couple of days as well. But while she's been here, um, while you've been here, I don't even know who I'm talking to <laughs> here in the room. We tried to pack in as much fandom-based tourism as we could. Oh, I can't even explain to you guys how much stuff we actually did. It was, we did all the things. Everything that I've ever always wanted to do, we just did it all. It was incredible. Yeah, so we, we did... Uh, we went to the Sherlock Holmes Museum at 221B Baker Street. Um, we went to Abbey Road. We did the zebra crossing. Went into the shop there and went a little nuts. What else did we do? Uh, we got to tell them the story about Amanda capturing us from back home in Massachusetts mm -hmm. on the webcam. Yeah, so it's a bit hard to take a photo of yourselves at a zebra crossing but as some of you may know if you're Beatlemaniacs which is a fandom we will be covering there is a 24-7 live feed of the traffic camera at that particular crossing so you can literally sit there any time of day and watch people crossing the road holding and holding up traffic, up traffic <laughs> like assholes uh, which we 100% did and um, so you know I got a picture of Sarah crossing and Sarah got a picture of me crossing but we were kind of bummed that we couldn't get a picture of both of us. So we were messaging with Sarah's sister, Amanda, and saying like, oh, if we're at Ebby Road, you should watch the camera if you want to see us. So she was driving her car with her year and a half old baby in the back seat. Mm -hmm. So like a good sister, she pulled over and pulled up the <laughs> feed and sat there and waited and waited until she saw us crossing and she was able to get a couple of screen, gab screen grabs, which... Allison turned into a GIF, uh, fulfilling another lifelong dream of mine to be a GIF. So, Yeah, you can find that on all of our social media as well. So that was pretty amazing. Big love to Amanda for that. So yeah, we did that. We went to Barcelona, spent some time on the beach, drank a lot of cava, drank a lot of sangria, uh, enjoyed the sunshine. Um, Got a little sunburn. 
a little sunburn. A tiny sunburn. Just a just a small a small area. Just a little of burn. Burn. And then we came back and yesterday we went to Saint Bartholomew's Hospital, which you Sherlockians will know is uh where Sherlock famously jumped to his quote unquote death, uh in the BBC Sherlock series. In the rain, the pouring rain. It was not good weather, but we did go. We looked at it. Um there's a wall there where Sherlockians leave, like they sign their names and they they've written in the dust on the window panes as well. So we took a lot of pictures and we left our mark there as well. Vandal base life. Vandal base life because yeah, we also wrote on the Abbey Road wall too. Yep. Oops. Sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> One of the other awesome things that we did together was discover a an amazing uh, Paul McCartney time travel fan fiction. <laughs> we have a love of time travel fan fiction because I don't know, we haven't really talked much about our actual works. Our works because we're just still not ready? sure if we're ready to <laughs> share that part of our lives with you guys. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, we have co-written a time travel fan fiction involving Gavin Rossdale, oh, yeah. a young 1990s Gavin Rossdale. Um, it's probably my favorite thing we've done. We've co-written a couple things or like helped each other editing each other's stuff in the past, but I really think that time travel one is the best one. I mean, if you guys are like super keen feel free to tweet at us and message us and maybe we'll consider sharing sharing links to that with you. But for now, we're still keeping it under wraps. But yeah, we did discover this Paul McCartney fan fiction. And neither of us, he's our least favorite Beatle. Yeah, I mean, I'm George Harrison girl, 100% I'm a John. I'm a John Lennon girl myself. And I, I like just... dark and weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, he, like, I respect Paul McCartney, but I feel like at this point... It, there's just he's just so Paul McCartney. He's not even Paul McCartney anymore. He, does that make sense? <laughs> he's become a caricature. He of himself. is a caricature of himself, and I, and I just, I don't know. I, I, he just kind of bugs me in a way that I'm not proud of. Um, and even on the drive to Logan, my sister Amanda was like, you know, we gotta just buckle down and go see him if he comes around again. And I'm like, yeah, or not. <laughs> so when Allison discovered this time travel Paul McCartney. Fan fiction, we were both like, oh, it'll pass the time on movies on the plane. To it was just the fact that it was a time travel romance. It was, it was a Beatle and an OFC because Beatle me basically just to fill you in. Uh, we realized you've probably noticed by now this is not an episode about a phantom, <laughs> mainly because I am a huge slacker and um, I have been slacking on the Outlander episode that we've been <laughs> threatening to to give you for months now. Um, it is the next one that's going to be coming, but we did originally think that while we were in London we might try to do a Beatlemaniacs episode because that's I mean one of the appropes one of, very appropriate for London and one of like the original big kind of fandoms um obviously they have their fan club and like all sorts of stuff so it'll be a really fun one to do so we were kind of trying to get in that mindset and obviously we'd just been to Abbey Road so we started looking stuff up but there's a lot of Beatles slash which we are not interested in no. <laughs> per se but yeah we found a an OFC time travel romance and we were 38 like 38 chapters yes. completed 38 chapters complete story so it doesn't leave us hanging and we're like all right we'll give it a shot 
And I started, did I start reading it to you on the plane? Yes. To Barcelona? Yes. And uh, suddenly, I think by the time we landed, we were in love with Paul McCartney accidentally. We were swooning so hard. That's the power of good writing. So unexpectedly. (laughs) So now we both have feels for Paul McCartney. We have some time travel feels. Out of nowhere. But it's also such a good story because she's like going back in time and she wants to like warn George and John. So it's like extra, like... So many feels. Heartbreaking. Like, I The writing is so great. The writing is really good. The character is so... She's not a Mary Sue. No, she's not a Mary Sue. She's very flawed. She has no chill. She has no chill. She's like a wild maniac. (laughs) She's wearing granny panties. She's not proud of it. We will link to this in the blog for any of you that are interested. It is quite good. We are not even close to done yet, so we're going to somehow... Sarah's heading home today. We're going to have to try to tandem read it in some capacity, Um, which we have done before. We did this last time we saw each other, so we'll make it work. But yeah, so... Um, as mentioned, we have a love of time travel fan fiction. We've now decided we're going, we want to do a series of time travel fan fictions. Um, and who are some of the people we were throwing around as potential characters to do it? I feel like we both came out with the Jim Morrison, like instantly time travel back to Jim Morrison. wouldn't want to time travel back and make out with Jim Morrison? Um, who else? I was all about Steve Tyler and Joe Perry. Mm. Uh, toxic twins Bono in the 80s don't judge me so sexy in that leather vest you guys it's a situation that I need to write about (laughs) and even if it's only me that reads it worth it worth it who else did we say Tom Petty's name came up Tom Petty's name came up I'm never particularly attracted to Tom Petty but and it's kind of sad now it's kind of heartbreaking uh David Bowie is off limits because he's like a father figure to me so I refuse to write about him you could do the daughter trope. No, I don't. I don't. I won't write about it. Uh-uh. Who else did we talk about? There were so many. I mean, obviously John and George. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've so got that, So the John and George one, we talked about making like an alternating chapter even. Like we're both, we both have like two girls time travel <laughs> two back Two OFCs. Time. Yeah. Thinly veiled versions of ourselves. Time travel back into the, I would like like maybe the 70s when it was yes. a bit weirder. Yeah. And they had more hair. Yeah. That would be my the vibe. Beards, yeah. Just can we try and travel back to the creation of the White Album? Mm-hmm. That would be ideal. I'm there. If you guys have any suggestions, if you want to give us some prompts, we some could write you some fan fiction. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of putting it off and putting it off and wondering how we were going to pull off an episode because obviously because we're together, we needed to we put something to together. We had to make it happen. But we just didn't have time to do the Outlander research. We want to do the Outlander fandom justice because it's such a big one and such a passionate one. So we didn't want to rush it. We didn't want to throw it together last minute and like, we didn't want to do it a disservice. Um, So we were, we got back from Barcelona. We went into my office because I'm a nerd and wanted to show Sarah where I work. And um, we sat down in the cafe, had a cheese toasty. And we're talking, well, maybe we should just do an episode that, like, recaps the trip and talks about the last time we saw each other, basically everything we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we remembered when we were discussing writing fiction. Um, the last time we were together, we <laughs> purposely, purposely chose to write a bad fic about bad Benedict fic. Cumberbatch. So this is something, so let's talk about bad fic for a minute. Bad fic is a thing that exists. Some of it, I believe, is done on purpose. There are some... There's... What is the one? There's a really, really, really famous one 
that's like famous for being bad and it's so bad that people often assume that it was done on purpose but I don't know if anyone actually knows but it's called My Immortal and I think it's like isn't it like a Harry Potter fanfic but it might be crossover with Amy Lee from Evanescence or just a similarly goth girl but it's like it's so famous in how badly it's written and how like absolutely ridiculous it is that like there's YouTube videos of people acting it out and like it's just like over the top so there's some bad fic that's done on purpose there's some bad fic that is unfortunately just the product of not great writers I will still always say and I think I've said this before that like it's okay if, it, if it's bad it's like okay. at least you're writing you're writing you're you know you're being passionate about something you're putting you know putting something out there and you know you could be doing a million boring horrible things with your time but instead you're being creative and Sarah and I do we've spoken of this before because it's the birth of the name of this podcast um you know we we often have a giggle reading uh poorly written fan fiction to each other but basically okay here's the thing so when we talk about bad fic we often talk about just some like very common tropes and very common things that happen in fan fiction pretty much across the board like even us like our writing we go back to our like our works the story that allison first read that i wrote that you know brought us together at the time, I think we both thought, like, wow, this is just this the is best the thing best ever. Thing. And even I was like, I'm the best fan fiction writer on the internet. <laughs> and five years later, we go back and read it, and it's not good it's so at all. Ter- it's, it's not, not good. terrible. But it's like, and I go back and read mine, and I, you like, even yesterday same. we were reading something. So, oh, one of the best fandom-based things we did yesterday, which nobody will get because we're not sharing our fan fiction with you, is we went to this bar in Camden called the Holly Arms, which if you're from London or have been to London, it is like a pretty famous little like pub in Camden that like Amy Winehouse used to hang out at all the time, like Noel Fielding, Russell Brand, like all the Mighty Boosh peeps, like a ton of, you know, just kind of English rocker dudes and gals used to hang out there. Um, And it's the first pub I ever went to in London when I visited here before I moved here about 10 years ago. And um, I wrote that bar that pub into one of my works of fiction so there's a scene in one of my fan fictions that I will not talk about um that takes place in that bar so we went there yesterday and had a drink and sat basically looking at the spot where where the scene, where the scene takes place and I read it to Sarah <laughs> and it'd be like she took a drink and we would like take a drink of our beer she set it back down we would set, set it, it back, back down. down so we like really like meta it was a meta moment it where was, we, we lived. It was so self-indulgent of, and amazing. So funny. And it was the best. But that said, even reading that, I was like, oh my God, this is so cheesy. Like, the overly so cheesy. descriptive, it was like a cold wave of the ocean crashed Yeah, like wave. something crashed over her, like an icy ocean wave. I believe it was some sort of realization. Um, Bowie, pick a place to sit and stay there. Perfect. Good boy. So yeah, so what are some common things so let's talk about some common things you can find in bad fic um i think one you know kind of making the the ofc or the original female character always have a dark past like always have a secret they're hiding there's always no okay when we say always we're generalizing but there's very common very often more often than not i would say the the ofc the main character uh the protagonist if you will 
has some sort of dark secret or like past relationship that shattered her or like some ex-husband that's like out on the hunt for her or like a really dark family secret or yeah. just something there's always something looming in the background like waiting to be revealed and she, you know she's always very angsty about it and very secretive and like the you know the celebrity in the fiction you know it's just like just wants to get to know her and there's this wall up there's always this wall up um, we've definitely both written that. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. There's also um, just a lot of like, in like bad fic that's just a, a, a you know, product of, you know, not honed writing skills. Um, there's a lot of grammatical errors. <laughs> there's a lot of typos. We really like to read fan fiction aloud to each other and like read it exactly <laughs> as it is. Typos and grammatical errors. A lot of, um, you know, pubic getting typed instead of public instead of public or pooped instead yeah. of pop or shinning instead of shining which is yeah. my biggest pet peeve also loosing there's not two o's in losing everyone can we just stop writing that and that's that goes for more than fan fiction stop writing it in your facebook statuses enough it makes me lose my mind sorry <laughs> um but we just farted and it is fierce <laughs> over here i'm really glad he chose to sit on my lap for this thanks uh, what else do we have in our list of um, bad fic? Uh, I'm guilty of this, too. Um, and I think there's a better way to do it um, when you change point of view, <laughs> constant point of view changes. Um, and even I have some fics where it's like, so-and-so's POV. Mm-hmm. Now it's this person's POV. Like, sudden POV changes. Yeah, a lot of point of view changes. Which, that's not a bad... Fun- like, that's that's a perfectly okay function Mm -hmm. in a story like some of the greatest stories that aren't even fan fiction that i've read like do have point of view shifts but yeah when it's back and forth and back and forth like a ping pong match it's a bit much like two paragraphs for this person (laughs) and two paragraphs for this person and two paragraphs for this person yeah that's a touch much another thing uh, (laughs) a really obnoxious and hilarious thing is um changes in tense so so it'll go from like you know he wanted to do this to he wants to do that and but like you can't you, you cannot switch tense in a story, but it's very funny when it happens, and you've definitely done that. I'm, I'm pretty good at not doing it. Allison edits my fiction. <laughs> I'm just a grammar Nazi, so I, I'm a bit of an asshole. But then I go back and read my fic, and I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, get off your high horse. It's so bad. There's also, I love it when there's like, um, there's like just an obscene amount of unnecessary detail given to like an action it's like it often happens when people are getting dressed like we do not need to know she put on a shirt and then she put on one sock on her right foot and then she put another sock on her left foot and then she wore her t-shirt that said i love pancakes (laughs) um Like, the, the uh, ridiculous amount or of description. undressing. It's so like, many, like, when you're undressing, too, like, one sock at a time, and then the pants and the... It's so know. tedious. Or, like, she walked to the door. She opened the door. She Somebody looked out was, the door. She looked out the door. Someone was standing on the step outside of the door. She looked at his face. He looked at her face. It's just, like, all of these, like, ridiculous things. Um, that happens a lot. What else is there? The, um, the awkwardly descriptive uh, sexual encounters. Oh, God. And you can tell when the author has not ever had an awkward sexual encounter. Or a or sexual encounter of at all. Of any kind. 
Um, and that's fine. Like, we would rather people not have awkward sexual encounters. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's character building. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just so painful to read um, the sex scenes sometimes. Oh, especially when it's like, and instantly they both orgasmed in unison. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but personally, let's get real. That has never, ever happened. At least not to me. I mean, Sarah may have a different experience with I this. I feel like if I was having intercourse with a Dave Grohl, it would happen. <laughs> I just, it's always like, oh, it was her first time and she instantly had an orgasm. Like, that or never like happened Gavin to anybody. Gavin Rossdale would instantly. Like, just ins- looking at Gavin Rossdale, maybe. And then, yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> There's usually uh, an abundance of heart skipping beats, stomach flips, butterflies, butterflies, pulses pounding in ears. Yeah, pulses pounding in ears, fluttering sensations, all of that stuff. I think it's necessary to have, but it's always funny. It's almost like you could make a drinking game out of it. Like anytime someone's stomach flips, anytime they feel butterflies, anytime their heart skips a beat, like drink and you're drunk, you're wasted. Read basically any fan fiction and you will (laughs) get... That's such a fun drinking game. Yeah, we sort of played it on the plane. What else? Oh, when the obviously rich and famous male character in the story or female character, you know, whoever the celebrity character is, uh basically pays for everything the sugar daddy sugar daddy style like i'll pay off your student loans and your mortgage you'll just move to los angeles and live with me as a housewife forever and i'll give you a credit card here's a credit card go it. buy yourself a fantastic new dress i've a definitely sundress. written that i've definitely written that oh sundresses everyone in fan everyone in fiction wears, sun wears sundresses and i as someone who does not wear sundresses i'm just offended by that wear a nice set of like trouser suit you know why does nobody wear a trouser suit in fan fiction Easy on, easy off. Sundresses. Oh, fucking sundresses. I think another thing is it just, like, moves so fast. So there's two types, right? There's the this, this stupid fast ones, and then there's the slow burn. So there's a slow burn where you're just, like, get it together, kids. Chapters 19, 19 chapters of, like, angsty stomach flips and heartbeats, yeah. but no action. We're just pervs. We just want, get, we we just just want the boning. Just bone. Um, <laughs> That's not true. Some stories are very beautiful. Sarah doesn't like the slow burns. She no, can't. I she just, can't handle the weight. She's a big. Perp. I just wanted to bone. But um, everything moving fast, like you know, losing their virginity, obviously instantly pregnant, and they like know, like you know, when it's it's like a young person writing a fan fiction, and that's amazing and wonderful, and I love it. But it's so just adorable because they've clearly never had intercourse. Why are we saying intercourse? <laughs> We're not nurses. <laughs> they've never boned before. They don't Sexual know that orgasms don't come instantly. They also don't know that like it takes a while for you to start throwing up if you're pregnant. It's right. not going to be like, oh, we had sex and then I went to the bathroom so and threw up. <laughs> and I was instantly pregnant. Oh, and there's also like crazy fans, angry fans coming after the OFCs. Yeah. yeah. Someone got punched in the stomach one time. A was fan, she pregnant? Like, she might have been instantly <laughs> pregnant and then they and then were out the and punched in the stomach. And then they went into a coma. Oh, God. Comas, cardiac arrests, insane health car issues. Crashes. Car crashes. Car crashes happen all the time in fan fiction. Just a lot of drama. And this is why we love it. So good. So all of this in mind, we were discussing all of these things. And then we remembered something we had uh, not looked at in a while, which was a little something that we wrote when we were uh, in Boston the last time we were together. We decided we would write a fan fiction and we would incorporate all of our favorite bad fic traits. So we purposely wrote 
a not very well written fan fiction about Benedict Cumberbatch and an OFC we named Blythe. Um, I have a friend called Blythe. I hope she's not, I mean, I hope she's listening because I want her to listen to my podcast, but this is going to make her really uncomfortable. So we created a new Wattpad account. Um, it's called Ben's Girl for Life. It's um, B-E-N-S-G-U-R-L-G-U-R-L-F-E-R-L-I-F-E. Yeah, so Ben's you can Girl look it up. We will give you that that ability to look it up if you want. Um, we wrote four chapters and then left it, which people do all the time in fan fiction. So annoying. I won't read it if it's not finished. I yeah, won't. it's really hard when you start getting into a story and then it doesn't end. So we, we called it Into the Limelight, but we put limelight as two words. Into the limelight. Limelight. And, and Allison made a gorgeous cover. And made a beautiful, beautiful cover for the story. So dramatic. Um, yeah. So we wrote four chapters of it. We sat basically at Sarah's kitchen, kitchen island together, uh, eating breakfast and laughing our asses off and creating this work of fiction together. And while we were sitting in London in the cafe talking about bad fic tropes, we thought, oh, let's let's open it up to see what we used. <clears throat> and then we thought, let's let's just like take the microphone out and like read this aloud. So the following is a recording of Sarah and I reading aloud in dramatic fashion into the limelight by oh. Ben's Girl for Life. So good. Um, written in 2015 by us. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. We hope you enjoy it. Please, please feel free to play a drinking game and drink when you hear any of the things we just previously mentioned. And, um, you know, drink some water, though, because you're going to be absolutely shit-faced yeah, by the end easy. of it. It's pretty. Intense. Four chapters wasted. Um, so without further ado... Into the Limelight, a Benedict Cumberbatch love story. Blythe's point of view. Blythe shivered in the cool, damp London air. She pulled her jacket around her tightly and tucked a, sta- a strand of reddish blondish hair behind her ear. You can put it like here; it'll catch both of us, I think. Right here. Yeah. Right like that. Put it right. right put it right there. there. <laughs> that's a good spot, right there. Yeah, that's great. You just keep it right that's there. The spot. <laughs> she she was still getting used to the wetness here in London. Being that she grew up in Florida, she was having a hard time without the sun shining every day. She walked up the sidewalk to her front door. She climbed her front steps and stood in front of the door. She took out her key and was about to put it in the lock. So this is another thing where you describe. And you keep saying she did, period. She, she did, did, period. Overly, overly description. Dis- overly description. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're in. Boovers, uh, wait, what? Sorry. She was about to put it in the lock when she noticed a moving truck. Well, I guess Lori. <laughs> Next door. Dude. Movers were unloading all types of furniture, desks, lamps, couches. They all looked really expensive, like someone rich was moving in. Oh my goodness. What? Uh, She squinted her dark brown eyes, trying to catch a glimpse of the new neighbor, but all she saw were the movers. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a lot of, like, unnecessary detail Mm -hmm. that can happen in fan fiction, such as that. With a shrug, she put her key into the lock and let herself into the flat. 
she took off her coat and listened to the silence that was her flat. <laughs> she was alone, like usual. She had always been alone since, since, well, she couldn't think about it. The bad, the bad thing that happened to her back in Florida. Dark past. Dark past. There's always a dark past in fan fiction. Right, and we don't just get right into it. No. we got to build it up a little bit. I'm going to take a bite of my cheese toast, you know. Would you like me to read while you chew? Yeah. She pushed the painful memories from her brain and decided she would make some dinner. She loved to cook. Cooking had always been her distraction from all of the bad things in her life. Bad things. When she was making a recipe, everything else faded away and she felt truly peaceful. So peaceful. Blythe began to pull ingredients from her cupboards. Ingredients. Ingredients. From her cupboards, but she was interrupted by a knock at her front door. She froze. That's not a knocking sound. Could you do it on the table? Yeah. She froze. No one ever came to visit her. No one knew where she was. She walked out of the kitchen and down the hallway, stopping at her front door. She looked through the peephole in her door, and her mouth dropped open. She stepped back not believing what her eyes had seen. <laughs> Another knock happened. She looked through the peephole again. Sure enough, it was true. That actor that everybody loved was standing on her front steps. He played that detective on TV, but she couldn't remember his name. It was something weird and old-fashioned. <laughs> I mean... Oh, Benedict's point of view. I'll, I'll take over. Okay, I'm not doing an accent. I'm going to eat the toasty one. Okay. Benedict's point of view. After what seemed like forever, the door opened. I mean, oh, right, because it's his point of view. I'm like, she opened it. He tried not to gasp. Wow. The girl who answered the door was the prettiest girl he had ever seen. Obviously. Her reddish blonde, once again, reddish blonde, her reddish blonde curls framed her pale face and dark brown eyes. Were beautiful. What? And yet sad, as if they held the secrets of a dark past. Dun, dun, dun. Hello, I'm oh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and I just moved next door, he said. Oh. <laughs> In his arms was a large gift basket <laughs> that was filled with fancy cheeses and fancy biscuits and gourmet teas. The girl eyed the basket. Sarah's dying. I think she just snorted water into her nose. <clears throat> the gift basket thing is a big deal for us. <clears throat> the girl eyed the basket. I brought you this gift basket. Did you say that? No. No. He said, hello, I am Benedict Cumberbatch, and I just moved in next door, he said. In his arms was a large gift basket that was filled with fancy cheeses and fancy biscuits and gourmet teas. The girl eyed the basket. I brought you this gift basket. <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be me who brings you a gift to welcome you to the neighborhood? The girl asked as she raised her eyebrows. Her accent was American, he noticed. <laughs> he wondered why she was living in London. I get this every day of my life. Well, he sighed, it's really more of an apology in advance. <laughs> he scratched the side of his head nervously. <laughs> I am pretty famous, <laughs> he blushed. So there might be paparazzi outside my house sometimes. It's all a bit crazy. I hope it doesn't bother you too much. He held the basket out to her. Thanks, she said, taking it. Well, bye. Peace. <laughs> Wait. You don't just say bye to Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> She lady. does. Wait, Ben cried. Can't I get your name? The girl hesitated. 
her eyes not looking at him. <laughs> why, is, why do we describe her eyes' actions so much? It's like her eyes are a separate character. <laughs> they are. She seemed to be wondering if she should tell him or not. This made Ben curious. Intriguing. Blythe, she said at last. It's nice to meet you, Blythe. I said. I said. Tense change, or not even point tense, of point of view change. I said, walking away from her door as she closed it. I had a feeling there was more to her than meets the eye. <laughs> Fucking eyes. <laughs> and I was determined to find out the story behind the sad eyes of the girl oh next door. I mean. I'm dying for chapter two. I think it's all happening. Chapter two. Blythe's point of view. No apostrophe. Blythe. Blythe. No apostrophe. No apostrophe. I wish we could share with you all of the uh, spelling the errors and the grammatical errors. I'll do my best. <clears throat> Blythe couldn't stop thinking about her new neighbor. She sat in her kitchen, staring at the beautiful gift basket he had brought for her. Benedict Cumberbatch was her next-door neighbor. Her stomach filled with butterflies. She had never really noticed how handsome he was until he showed up at her front door <laughs> holding a gift basket. <laughs> it was the first time since she'd left home three months ago on her 18th oh, birthday. Oh, she's young. I forgot. Yeah. That's, that's a very common thing, mm -hmm. too on her 18th birthday and moved across the pond to London that she had considered actually letting someone into her flat. I mean, if it's going to well, be somebody, let Benedict in. Fair dues. But she'd panicked, and at the last second, she'd bid him farewell. Dude. She could tell he was confused and maybe a little bit in interested in her. She could tell that? Wow. She's good. But she knew she had to be careful. She would have to avoid him at all costs. Getting to know someone as famous as him would kind of go against the whole keeping a low profile thing as she was trying to do. Her life in Florida had been hard. She'd been counting down the days until she turned 18 and could finally escape, and she'd never looked back since that day. She shook the dark thoughts from her head and tried to forget her famous neighbor. Do you want to read Benedict's point of view? Do I? Moving and unpacking took up most of Benedict's time over the next few days, and he was so busy he hadn't been able to give his mysterious neighbor much mm. thought. That is, until he ran into her on the street. I mean, that happens when you live next to someone. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was coming out of his house at the same time she was coming out of hers. Oh my goodness. Blythe, he called. She jumped and turned towards the sound of his voice, looking startled. You startled me, she said, <laughs> placing a hand over her heart nervously. I'm so sorry. That was not my intention, Benedict replied kindly. Where are you off to? Work, Blythe replied. Where do you work? He asked. In a cafe, she answered. Excellent. I was in the mood for a coffee. Allow me to escort you. She seemed uncomfortable, but... Oh, look at... Are we changing? Yeah, we're changing. Okay. She seemed uncomfortable, but she let me walk alongside First her person. anyways. They walked... Now we're back again. <laughs> back in third person. They walked in silence down the street. What brings you to London, Benedict asked. This lovely weather, she joked. Gosh, she's so witty. She's so funny. Her sense of humor surprised and delighted him. <laughs> Ah, yes, Ben replied, inhaling deeply. Lovely weather this time of year. Blythe glanced at him out of the corner of her eye, and he winked. Winker. Winking. <laughs> Winking is such a thing that nobody does in real life, but everybody does in fan fiction. Also chuckling. No one chuckles in real life. I chuckle all the time. You don't. <laughs> Stop lying to I a listener. How, how does one chuckle? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're adopting it. Only chuckling going forward. Yep. Where the hell am I? Um, 
lovely weather. Blythe glanced at him out of the corner of her eye. Oh no, I'm just going to skip that, so we'll come in right after Winker. She felt a warm, tingly feeling in her belly. Oh, it's them butterflies. You know they exist. Well, this is me, Blythe said. I mean, this is where I work. Allow me, Benedict said. (laughs) It's like Victorian era English gentleman. Allow me, Benedict said. Reaching out and pulling the door to the cafe open, he wanted to show her that he was an English gentleman. (laughs) Can I just put a laugh track in under this? Yes. He wanted to show her that he was an English gentleman and make her feel more at ease around him. Um, also, we probably should note, we haven't like really read this since we wrote it almost 30 years ago. We'll, we'll record an intro after. Okay. Um, uh, da, da, da. Well, have a seat and I will bring you co- a coffee, she said, gesturing to an empty table. He watched her round the counter and tie on an apron with the cafe's logo on the chest. That's usually what people would do. Yep. A flat white he called to her and she nodded, signaling that she had heard him. After a few moments, she brought him a steaming cup over to him and set it down on the table. It's on the house, she said, smiling shyly. It was the first smile he'd seen her smile. (laughs) And he hoped it would be far from the last. And yet, it disappeared almost as quickly as it had appeared. Ooh, mysterious. So dark. So dark. Thank you very much, he said earnestly. He sat and sipped his coffee as he watched her work. She had a quiet way about her, but the customers seemed to like her. He finished his coffee and headed towards the counter. She was standing behind it, and he leaned over to speak to her. Thank you for the coffee, he said. Maybe when you are done here, we can go grab a bite, too. Oh, my God! A young fangirl screamed from the other side of the cafe. It's Benedict Cumberbatch! Not your best work. Sorry. Not your worst. Should I try it again? (laughs) Uh, Benedict cringed as he saw the reaction on Blythe's face. She looked horrified at the girl's sudden outburst. He wanted to ignore it, but the fangirl was closing (laughs) in on them. This is another trope. There's always a jealous fangirl situation. Mm -hmm. Making the significant other uncomfortable and questioning, you know, all the things. OFCs don't love fangirls. Nope. So now in all caps it reads, Can I have a photo with you? The young girl cried. He turned away from Blythe and forced a smile. Of course, my dear. As much as he wanted to go away, wait, as much as he wanted her to go away so he could talk to Blythe, he had to be good to his fans. He smiled as the girl took a selfie of the two of them and made polite small talk, giving her a hug before she finally left. He turned back to the counter only to find that Blythe had vanished into the kitchen of the cafe. Disappointed, he trudged out of the cafe and into the gloomy London afternoon. Blythe's point of view. She must be going crazy. That could be the only excuse for the fact that she was considering taking Benedict up on his offer to do something after work. Oh my god. Oh my god. Something. Everything. She knew better, but yet there was something there. Something between them that made her want to make bad decisions. She watched him leave from the safety of the cafe's kitchen. She felt bad for not saying goodbye, but that fangirl had freaked her out a bit. See? Yeah. She could not imagine being chased by fans, having every bit of your life invaded. She wondered how Benedict put up with it all. We all wonder. Work dragged on slowly, and it felt like forever. When the last customer finally left, she locked the door to the cafe and began to close up. She mopped the floors, 
washed the counters and turned off all the lights. We definitely needed to know that she did those things. It's imperative to the story that this information is included. With a sigh, she hung her apron on a hook and let herself out of the cafe. I mean, this background noise is fantastic because we are in a cafe. I hope it's giving the ambiance this story deserves. Winter was coming. Fandom based. And the streets were dark and empty early. Blythe shoved her hands in her jacket pockets and began to walk towards her house. Obviously. After she'd walked for a block or two, she became aware, oh, I forgot about this, of the sound of footsteps behind her. She glanced back, but couldn't quite see anyone behind her. She quickened her pace as she turned the corner toward her flat, and she heard the footsteps quicken, too. Oh, my God. Her heart beat fast in her chest, and she felt an ice-cold fear grip her heart. She broke into a run as the first drops of rain began to hit the pavement. She didn't care if she was being crazy. She just had to get home. She heard the person behind her start running, too, and ran faster, the cold rain stinging her face as she drew closer and closer to her house. She ran blindly, terror coursing through her veins as her building finally came into view. This isn't even poorly written. No, this is really good. I'm on the edge of my seat. You are. I can see you. For <laughs> once. Fandom <laughs> based fact. Without, without thinking, thinking <clears throat> without thinking, she passed her own front steps. It's wait, what? Oh, of course. She's running to the comfort of uh, what's his face? I don't know. Let's see. I, I don't remember. <laughs> without thinking, she passed her own front steps. Instead, turning just past them and slamming into Benedict's front door with a thud and pounding her fist against it with abandon. Abandon. She fell into the hallway as the door opened suddenly, and two strong arms pulled her up from the floor, pale blue eyes looking into hers with surprise and concern. Someone, someone is chasing me, she choked out, pointing pointing out into the night with a trembling finger. She felt his arms tighten around her protectively as he moved her, as he moved her behind, as he moved her behind him and looked outside for the source of her fear. He saw a dark figure running quickly down the street before turning a corner and disappearing into the night. Whoa. Whoa. Benedict closed and locked the door and turned to face Blythe, who was shaking like a leaf. As you do. Mm -hmm. Are you all right? Did you get a look at him? Blythe shook her head, her brown eyes the size of saucers. She wiped the mixture of tears and rainwater. I think at this point we just started writing well. We just got into it and we stopped messing up on purpose. Can't we accidentally. I, can't I don't remember this. She wiped the mixture of tears and rainwater from her cheeks with the back of her hand and tried to compose herself, suddenly aware of how close he was. Oy. As much as she was uncomfortable being alone with him, she realized that she was even less comfortable being alone without him. <gasps> At least for now. Yes. Darling, you're shaking. Oh, he said, darling. <laughs> darling, you're shaking. Doesn't take much. <laughs> It doesn't. <laughs> Please come inside. I've just put the kettle on. Of course. Blythe considers her options. Oh, we're changing tense again. She considers her options. The thought of going back out there right now terrified her. So she shrugged and allowed him to remove her rain-soaked jacket. Aww. She decided she could break her own rules. Just this once. She followed him further into the house, which was still full of unpacked boxes, and he led her into the large open kitchen, pulling out a stool at the island and gesturing for her to sit down. Thank you, Benedict, she said softly. I'm so sorry to intrude on your evening. Please. He held up a hand to silence her. Call me Ben. Jesus, swoon. Ben, she repeated, liking the way it felt on her lips. It's quite nice. 
we, can we all pause so we can all try it at home? Everyone. <laughs> ben. Ben. Okay. That's my brother's name, so it's weird. It's, it's weird. Not, yeah, it's not good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you, she said again. He passed her a cup of tea and told her not to worry. Anytime you need anything at all, I hope you won't hesitate to call on me, he said, pulling up the stool next to her and sitting down a little closer than she would have ever imagined allowing before now. She studied his face, the curve of his upper lip, the sharp edges of his cheekbones, the bright blue of his eyes, still full of worry. She looked away. What are you doing? She looked away quickly, realizing she'd been staring. Sorry for the state of the place, he said quickly, clearly sensing her uneasiness. I think I may need a team of assistants to get this house in order. He chuckled. He chuckled. <laughs> How does that go again? <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Blythe smiled shyly, appreciating the fact that he was trying to turn the conversation away from her and the terrifying events of the last hour. It's a beautiful house, she said, looking around her. It looks exactly like hers. Right? <laughs> I would imagine. Her eyes were drawn to a photograph on the fridge nearby. Your girlfriend must be looking forward to decorating. Oh my god, so cheese. So awkward. Don't make it awkward, Blythe. God damn it, Blythe. Ben shifted uncomfortably in his seat, following her gaze to the fridge. Oh, he said. That's not my girlfriend. A smile played on the corners of his mouth, but he offered no further explanation. Come on, don't leave us hanging. Blythe felt foolish and blushed a lot. Oh, no. A lot. A like, lot. a lot. A ton. So much. <clears throat> I should go, she said quickly, placing her nearly empty teacup on the island and pushing back her stool. Certainly, Ben said, though he looked disappointed. Give me just a moment and I will walk you back to your flat. He left the room briefly and came back wearing a rain jacket and holding an umbrella. Aww. I mean, isn't she just going next door? It's raining. He's, a, he's an English gentleman, remember? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Blythe stood and followed him to the front door. They both walked out the front door and <laughs> closed it behind them. Good, 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 good stuff. Good work. I was really worried that you were going to leave it open. Yep. Benedict, er, Ben, ben. <laughs> popped open the umbrella, <laughs> holding it above them. This forced Blythe to stand very, very Smart. close. That was good thinking, Ben. Nice one. Oh, your turn. Um, Benedict's POV. Ben walked Blythe next door and waited while she unlocked her door. She seemed wary about going inside. He noticed her hand was shaking just slightly as she put the key into the keyhole. I could go in with you, Ben said. Take a look around, make sure you're all set, and stay until you feel more comfortable. She seemed a bit apprehensive, but finally nodded. She pushed open the door, and he followed her inside of her house. Inside of her house. Imagine if Benedict walked in right now while we were doing this. That would be very strange. She flipped on the hall light, but held back, allowing Benedict to go in front of her. She followed close behind him as he went room to room, flipping on the light and looking around, trying to put her at ease. There, he said when they had returned to the hall, all clear. He gave Blythe a reassuring smile, placing a hand on her shoulder. She seemed to almost flinch at his touch, and he wished she felt more comfortable. Dark past. Mm, it'll do that. Are you okay? She nodded at him, but avoided looking at him in his eyes. <laughs> he wasn't sure he believed her. He began to walk to the door. Ben, she called, her voice strained. He turned sharply and looked back at her. She wrung her hands, but pushed onward. Would you mind... 
Would you mind staying? <gasps> yes. Big step. Rule breaker. Ben's eyebrows shot up and he tried to determine if she was asking what he thought she was asking. She realized that the question made it sound as if she wanted to sleep with him. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I know. I mean, on the couch, it would make me feel better having someone in the flat with me. Oh, of course, right then, he said. Yes, Blythe, I'd be happy to stay if it would make you feel safe. He smiled at her warmly, noticing her blush. Uh, once he removed his shoes and jacket... I mean, yeah. He followed Blythe into her modest but cozy flat. He noticed there didn't seem to be any pictures on her walls or shelves, which she found curious. Dark past. She took some extra pillows and a blanket out of a cupboard in the hallway and began to make up the couch for him. It's actually more comfy than it looks, she said, offering another shy half-smile, and with that, she turned to leave the room. Ben turned to settle in. Ben? He heard her voice from behind him and turned. Thank you for staying. You're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. Well... I think you are nice too, he replied, and with that she disappeared upstairs, leaving Ben, leaving Bean, B-E-E-N, alone with his thoughts. Chapter 3. Benedict's POV. Ah! Benedict bolted upright, his heart pounding. He struggled. I'm sorry, what did he do? He struggled? He struggled to get his bearings. He was on a couch, Blythe's couch. Ah! The scream came again. Blythe, he shouted, jumping off the couch and racing up the stairs. He listened and heard whimpering With coming... no age. <laughs> whimpering. Whimpering. Coming from the end of the hall. He dashed down the hall and pushed open the door to her bedroom and saw her lying on the bed, tossing and turning fitfully. She appeared. She appeared. <laughs> we started throwing in a lot of spelling errors at this point. She appeared to be having a nightmare. He rushed to her bedside and gently placed a hand on her arm. Blythe, darling, wake up, he said, using his most soothing voice. Does he have any non-soothing voice? Oh, my God. Okay, calm down. What did they say? It's like a, a, a cougar inside of a cello. Who? I don't know. It's like a quote Who about his voice. That? I just swear to God. Google okay. it. Um, or a jaguar, maybe, in, inside of a cello. I don't know. Why would a jaguar be inside a cello? To sound like Benedict. This is awkward. Okay. <laughs> Blythe, darling, wake up, he said, using his most soothing voice. You are having a nightmare. Blythe's dark eyes flew open, and she looked up at him, as if trying to remember how he could have come to be in her bedroom. Ben, she asked, clutching the sheets, the bedsheets to her chest. I'm here, he said. I heard you screaming. She looked down at him and bit her lip, and he realized he was standing there in his boxer briefs. No. Oh, boxer briefs. This is another thing. Oh, no, boxer briefs are good. Boxer briefs boxers. are good. Boxers. Nobody wears boxers. Some people wear boxers. Well, nobody. English gentlemen do not wear don't. boxers. They probably don't even sell boxers over here. Just saying. Okay. Carry on. Um, he didn't care, however, he was more concerned for her. Blythe, he whispered, sitting down on the edge of her bed. Blythe. I know you don't know me very well, but I can see that you have something dark in your past. <laughs> and I would be willing to listen to you if you wanted to talk. I don't want to talk, she said quickly. Too quickly. Her eyes fell down to the bed. I'm sorry. Her eyes <laughs> fell down. I feel like rolling around on the bed right now. 
That's, that's awkward. Oh, Jesus, Blythe. <laughs> that's what their secret is. <laughs> I have a secret eye popping out disease. Okay. Let's keep this serious. All right, this is very serious right now. Um, that is okay, Ben said. Is there anything I can do? Just, just lay next to me, she whispered. Of course, she shifted, making room on the bed for me. <laughs> he tentatively lowered himself down beside her. He gingerly japed his arm over Sorry, her. Tentatively and gingerly? <laughs> Simultaneously. Really taking care. <laughs> Waiting for her to pull away, but to his surprise, she didn't. She settled in against him. Within moments, she let out a contented sigh and drifted off to sleep. Ben stayed awake long enough to ensure that her demons didn't return to disturb her sleep. Well, that's a beautiful line. I probably wrote it. <laughs> <clears throat> Blythe's point of view. Blythe opened her eyes, squinting against the morning light. She shifted in bed and suddenly stopped. She stopped shifting. Her eyes, what are her eyes doing now? Falling off the bed, <laughs> rolling about. Know. Her eyes opened wide. They're already open, though. That's true. Oh no, she squinted them. Oh, now they're okay. opening wide. <laughs> <laughs> she was not alone in bed. Ooh, gasp! That's not something you forget. You fall asleep with Benedict Cumberbatch. You remember that? No, shit you know nobody remembers when they wake up. It's suddenly true. they're like, "Where am I? Who am I? It takes what a is life?" To orient yourself to your life. Yeah. She was not alone in bed. She slowly turned her head to find Benedict's sleeping face right next to her. His face was sleeping next to her. <laughs> Just his face. She felt so many feelings. Feel those feelings. Fear, confusion, nervousness. <laughs> Just gonna throw them out there. And yet, at the same time, excited. So many feelings. Oh, that's a lot of feelings. She took this quiet moment to watch him sleep and process her feelings. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot As of them. I do. <laughs> <laughs> she had to admit, after he joined her in bed, she'd slept better than she had in months. She felt safe in his arms, mm. knowing that his strong body was only inches away. Centimeters. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> we are in England. She felt like her dark past was no match for Ben. Fuck off, past. <laughs> ben must have sensed her looking at him because he opened his eyes. All the eyes are open. <laughs> Everyone's eyes are now open. <laughs> well... He said, his voice groggy from just waking up. Good morning to you. Indeed it is. <laughs> a very good morning to you. <laughs> Top of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and he tipped a hat he had inexplicably put on his head in the night. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank you for staying, Blythe whispered. I am so sorry to put you through all this. He's terribly put out, I'm sure. Blythe, Benedict said, propping himself oh, up on one elbow. So sexy. <laughs> I meant what I said last night. I want to be there for you. I just wish you'd let me. Just let him in, Blythe. It's not that easy, she said. You'll just need to be patient with me. I think I can do that, he said, oh. tucking a strand of her hair behind her ear. Sweet. That is such a thing that everybody does in every story, yes. in every film. Does anyone do that in real life? Have you had a hair tuck behind your ear? No. I've had my hair stroked recently. I'll cut that out. <laughs> like, you know, just this. Really I've nice. had my hair pulled. <laughs> Dude. Well then. Uh, okay. I think I can do that, he said, blah, blah, blah. She felt something she couldn't remember ever feeling before. It's so quiet in the cafe right now. 
her stomach flipped <laughs> as she looked into That's his a huge thing. Uh, stomachs That's flipping, huge. heart skipping beats, all sorts of like physical issues. Um, her stomach flipped as she looked into his incredibly blue eyes. They're so blue. She felt like she could look into them forever. Blythe, he whispered. He loves saying her name. I know. I have a friend called Blythe, and I really hope she doesn't listen to this because she's going to be so uncomfortable. Maybe she's or not. Maybe turned on. The greatest thing that's ever happened to her. Before she could respond, oh shit. Oh my god. Before she could respond, his lips were on hers, oh softly god. kissing her and so sending her mind spinning. Oh god. She knew all the reasons that this was wrong, that this was a terrible idea, but she couldn't stop. She wanted him near. She wanted him. She barely recognized her barley? own hands. She barley, she barley, thank you. She barley recognized her own hands as they slipped up and around his slender oh, it's neck. So slender. It's it's slender. So, it's so slender. It's so slender. She broke from the kiss and buried her face in his neck. In his neck. The slender one. <laughs> his strong hand trailed up and down oh, her spine, fuck. sending tingles and shivers with them. Ben, she whispers. Ten strange. I just want to. Oh, sorry. She whispers, I want to. I just, I just can't right now. I just want to go slow. Yep. The going slow usually lasts for about a chapter. Yeah, max. I will move at whatever speed keeps you close, God. he murmured. Good. She tilted her head back up towards him, and their lips met again. <laughs> I'm going to listen to this every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's all you. Chapter four. Benedict's POV. 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 Poof. Pop. It had been one week since Blythe had been chased. <laughs> it's like an event. And Benedict had barely, no, is that barely now? Barely left her side since. He walked her to work and picked her up when she was finished. He stood outside the cafe window, waiting for her to close up shop and watching her through the window as she moved around. Really creepy. Mm -hmm. She was so beautiful in a natural way, and she didn't even know it. Typical. And it made her even more beautiful to Ben. She looked up and noticed him outside. She smiled, and Benedict's heart fluttered. Wait, his heart fluttered? It's his turn now. Her smiles, which had once been so rare, were coming more and more frequently. That's what she said. Um, She held up one finger, letting him know (laughs) that she'd be just a moment. She removed her apron and grabbed her coat, joining him on the sidewalk. He slipped his arm around her shoulders, and, and she settled in against him. They had only taken but a few steps when he heard his name being yelled and saw a flash of light from their left. Is it limelight? The limelight's seeping into their cozy little cocoon. Bollocks. <laughs> he swore softly. Paparazzi. He felt Blythe stiffen beside him and knew this was not going to go well. She was such a private person, and it was Always. only a matter of time before his fame became a problem. He felt her let go of his hand and his heart dropped. Benedict, who's your friend? Another photographer shouted, joining the first. Just keep your head down and ignore them, darling, he whispered to Blythe. She followed his lead, and they walked as quickly as they could, but she surprised him when she stopped him from following her up to the steps to her flat. Aww. I think I want to be by myself tonight, Benedict. Oof, she's back to the full name. Oh, no. She said, not meeting his eyes. 
Oh, hearing her use his full name's tongue almost as much as the fact that she oh, it's wasn't. it's almost like you wrote this. It is, almost <laughs> like that. Uh, hearing her use his full name's tongue almost as much as the fact that she wasn't inviting him up for the first time since that <gasps> night. Yes. Blythe, he called after her, but she closed the door tightly behind her. Ben ran his hand through his unruly curls and turned towards his home. Inside, he felt uneasy, worried about Blythe's reaction. He had spent the entire week <laughs> trying to make her feel more comfortable, and she was really starting to open up. She was less jumpy, and she was beginning to hint at things from her past. Oh, wait, the dark one? The dark one, that's mm-hmm. the one. He tried to keep himself occupied for the rest of the afternoon. Once dinner had come and gone, his need to see her, to touch her, to be near her, became unbearable. <laughs> I'm getting stroked. I'm getting stroked. I don't hate it. it. (laughs) (laughs) He decided he couldn't take it another second. He stalked towards the front door and pulled it open and was surprised to see Blythe standing there, hand raised to knock. She jumped back, startled. Oh, she exclaimed. Oh, am I going to have to read the sexy bits? Yep. Oh, boy. I mean, if they're in his point of view. I was just coming to see you, he said, reaching out and pulling her in. She allowed him to envelop her with his long arms. No, no, no. She allowed him to. (laughs) She allowed him to what? She allowed him to envelope her with his long arms. But he could feel she was still tense. I'm sorry about earlier, he murmured into her red gold locks. Why can't you just have one color of hair? It's both. Do you see the color? It's reddish blondish. It's reddish blondish. That's why I'm here, she said, pulling away. I don't think... Oh, don't doesn't have a little uh, apostrophe there. I don't think I can do this whole thing, Ben. Ben felt his heart ache in his chest. This couldn't be over. It had barely began. (laughs) Blythe, no, he pleaded. Oh, I'm already falling for you so hard. I know it's difficult, and I know it won't be easy. But please, let me in, Blythe. He's used her name twice in that sentence. You don't understand, Benedict, she whispered in a hushed tone. Well, then make me understand, Blythe, Ben pleaded, because the only thing I understand about this is my feelings for you. And with that, he pressed his lips to her mouth hard, hard, so hard. (laughs) She resisted at first, but her resolve weakened. Ben, I'm not safe, she Uh, choked out. Wait, what? I'm not safe. (laughs) I'm not safe. Because in the dark past, right. You are safe, Ben said, kissing her cheeks, her nose, her chin. <laughs> her chin? Her chin. It's an erogenous sound. <laughs> you are safe with me. He scoffed her. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did he do? <laughs> he scoffed her up. Oh, he scoffed her up. And carried her upstairs to his bed. He lay her gently down on the bed before lowering himself, almost resting on top of her. On the on bed. The bed. <laughs> Ben, she gasped between kisses. He looked down at her. His heart broke. She looked terrified of him. Blythe, why are you so afraid, he asked. I have been hurt so much, she whispered, but I don't think that you will hurt me. I feel good with you. I feel safe. Ben knew he could make her feel even better. His his hands moved to her shirt, and she stopped him. Ben, I, I, oh my God, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to. She looked away, unable to look at him. I've never done this. She's a flippin' virgin. This they is another thing. Bad fic. Ben stopped, looking down at her in surprise. You mean, you're a... 
I'm a virgin. She completed the thought out loud, crossing her arms self-consciously across her chest and turning her face away from his. Ben's brows knit together as he continued to gaze upon her. <laughs> we can stop if you want, he answered, his voice sincere. No, I... I want this, Blythe whispered. Ben nodded slightly and lowered his mouth to hers again. He's like, cool, got it. No worries. <laughs> I'm all over this virgin thing. Done. I will be gentle, he whispered. <laughs> oh, yes, he would. He would be so You're gentle. such a perv. <sighs> Gently removing her shirt over her head. He leaned back and took her in, his perfect, oh, her perfect body beneath his. He removed his own shirt and tossed it to the floor. Blythe let out a small gasp as Benedict's skin met her own. He felt her gently lay her fingertips on the skin of his back. <laughs> and he suppressed a shiver as she trailed them up and down his long torso. <laughs> Is he slender man? Slender neck, long torso. <laughs> torso. What? Not sexy. Is this his character is like the dragon in the Hobbit? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he Ben made short work of removing the remainder of their clothing. He Very efficient. Oh, he reached into his nightstand and pulled out a condom. Oh my god, why did we have to say that out loud? So responsible. Very responsible. Um, this way they can't instantly get pregnant. Oh, so. <laughs> they were really going to... <laughs> <laughs> Do it. They were really going to do this. They were really going to do this. Please read the next line, Sarah. You really have to read it. As he rolled the latex onto his mouth. I'm sorry, I think that probably clipped you're gonna need to say it again. Slower and calmer. <clears throat> focus, focus, focus. Okay. As he rolled the latex onto his manhood, he watched the desire burn hotter in Blythe's eyes. <laughs> I'm gonna pee my pants. I'm gonna pee. <laughs> I'm like, two more sentences. You can do it. He guided himself to her. You can do this. I'm holding your hand. Okay. Get through it. You can do it. Together we can do this. He guided himself to her entrance and paused, looking down at her. She bit her lip. Keep going, she murmured. I want this. <laughs> ben nodded and slid for her. Ben nodded and slid further inside of her. She, she let out a noise that was somewhere between ecstasy and agony as he gently claimed her. I'm so proud of you. Sarah is now lying down on the bench in the cafe. I'm so sweaty. <laughs> Blythe's point of view. I get the easy bit. Oh, <clears throat> as she lay beside him, catching her breath, a million thoughts spinned around Blythe's mind. She couldn't believe how quickly she'd fallen for him, or how far things had come. She looked over at his lean figure next to her in his giant bed. He was so handsome, his eyes were so blue, his skin was so smooth, and everything else? She couldn't complain one bit. 
Part of her knew that this, all of this was a terrible idea, but the otter... Uh, the otter part. The otter part. <laughs> Just wanted to float on his back. The pack. otter. <laughs> and play with the pebble. <laughs> but the other part of her just wanted to make this moment last for all of time. For all of time. That was amazing, she yeah. said when she finally caught her breath. I mean... You are amazing, Ben replied. Blythe blushed. Blythe blushed. Blythe Say blushed. that three Blythe times fast. Blythe Could she be falling for this man from next door? She hardly knew him, but she felt like she did. Maybe in another life. For a moment, she allowed, A-L-O-U-D, allowed herself to believe that they could really give this thing a shot. The darkness in her mind was quiet for now, and she smiled happily at Ben's face. Can we do that again? Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's, that's all we wrote. That's the end. <clears throat> we hope you enjoyed it. Because uh, you know that we did. I didn't enjoy that one bit. Well, there you have it. Ooh, that was a wild ride. This just became my favorite episode. Um, this is, pr I'm pretty sure this is where people start unsubscribing <laughs> because it's gotten too ridiculous. Although, I mean, if you guys were into that and you want us to like read fan fiction to you in addition to our fandom explorations, um, we'd be open to some mini episodes. We would be open to it. Whether you want to send us some of your fic to read aloud, whether you want to send us a prompt and have us write something to read aloud to you, I think we would be open to that. So... I mean, have a think. See if you're into it. Let us know. Um, you can find us all over the internet. Where can they find us, Sarah? Um, you can find us on Facebook. Yep. Facebook.com slash Fandom Based Life. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Fandom Based Life. Uh, apparently you can find us on Instagram, Fandom Based Life. Yeah, you can. Uh, if Yeah, our Instagram is full of stuff now since we've actually been together. So much stuff on it's Insta. overflowing. And if you like what you hear and you want to uh, donate a little cashola to the cause, um, you can find us on Patreon. I believe it's patreon.com slash life. oddly enough. Um, We're going to get some stickers made up. Uh, mm -hmm. And we also bandied about the idea of posting up our actual secret fanfiction works to our Patreons. So um, only our subscribers get access to our, to our actual deepest, accounts. darkest secrets. Our, our no, no, I'm not even putting the accounts up. You're just going to copy paste. Just going to copy paste it and let, let it live on its own. So yeah, that's probably something in the works for Patreon. So we're getting some merch done. So we're going to do some stickers. So um, those of you that sign up and give a monthly donation on Patreon will receive a fandom-based sticker in the post. And, and yes, I think we will put our fan fictions up there they're really good you guys i mean it's worth it sure and we're churning them out constantly so are we <laughs> are we I am. committed to doing that i am oh, i have yeah, like four right. working on right now oh yeah i'm a little out of the game but i could be convinced to get back into it if if the fandom demands it you know if the fandom <laughs> wants it the fandom should get it absolutely all right, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being patient while we were on hiatus. Uh, we have more fun episodes in store in the works for you coming real soon. We promise. I promise. I will do my homework. 
And uh, until then, keep on living that fandom-based life. And may you find a rich celebrity to pay off all of your debt. And may your heart forever be skipping beats. Bye. Bye.